0: The Jews of Jesus' day longed for a political ruler who would release them from the tyranny and the oppression of the Romans. They wanted a leader in the macro sense, a leader who would govern from the top, a leader who would eradicate all their suffering. And that day will come throughout our world. As Isaiah prophesied, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. There will come a time when Jesus reigns. But back in that first Easter, Jesus' concentration was not on the macro. It was on the micro. Jesus' question was, who do you say that I am? That was his question to Peter. And that's also his question to us even today. Because the kingdom of God is changed one heart at a time. And so in the video earlier, we saw Peter. Peter's heart was broken. He had deserted his master. He had denied Jesus. Jesus knew that he would do that. Jesus had predicted that and even told Peter that. He understood Peter's frailty. But as a follower of Jesus, Peter was broken. He knew who Jesus was. When Jesus asked Peter straight, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And yet under pressure, he fell apart. Peter came to the cross and you and I need to come in our frailty, in our sin, in our brokenness. Jesus invites us to come and to put down our failure right at his feet at the cross of Calvary. and Then we had the account of Mary, the cry of a mother in the depths of despair and sorrow. How she must have thought, God, was this your plan for me? Was this your plan for your son when you had asked that I would bring the Saviour into the world? And yet as Mary stood at the cross, Jesus looked down on her. He looked to Mary and he looked to John and he said to Mary, Woman, behold your son. And then to John, he said, Behold your mother. And from that time on, we're told that John took Mary into his own home and looked after her. She was a woman that was in despair. And that despair found its place at the cross of Calvary. Are you in despair today? you've got a matter that you really want to bring and lay at the feet of Jesus. That's what the cross is all about. Bringing our brokenness and our sorrow right to the feet of Jesus. And then we see a soldier around the cross, still with a heart that's hardened and with eyes that are blinded to see who Jesus is. Others, his contemporaries, saw that. When the sun darkened when the curtain tore when the earthquake rumbled there was a centurion there and other soldiers who said behold he is the son of God but not this soldier his heart was cold and distant the reflection by the soldier that we saw on the video might have sounded crass and it might have even offended some today but the reality is That even today, there are those who make the same assessment about Jesus. They see Jesus as being weak. Jesus was God or is God. Why doesn't he break into our world and do something? They see him as being impotent or irrelevant to the world in which we live. And yet the cross was as much for, for this soldier as it was for Peter and for Mary and for you and me. The tragedy is that the shed blood of Jesus Christ offers forgiveness to that soldier. He just hasn't taken hold of the forgiveness that's available because of the blood of Jesus. Jesus still calls one heart at a time. Could that be you today? What is it, friend, that you need to bring to the cross this morning? Is it your sin? Is it your brokenness? your sorrow, your despair, or perhaps it's even your doubt and your cynicism, your unbelief, or perhaps even total disdain. Jesus invites us all to come to the cross to have our hearts transformed, transformed, changed, to see the depth of his love for us, to see the depth of his acceptance of us, just as we are. Right down through the ages, mankind has tried to work his way to relationship with our Creator. We've been trying to devise ways of making our peace with God and of meriting God's favour. That's why we have so many different religions throughout our world. And yet God's ways are so different. Forget about trying to earn my favour, says Jesus. I've done it all. The Apostle Paul puts it a little bit more bluntly. He says this All our righteousness is as filthy rags. All the right things that we want to do to somehow attain our salvation, to somehow merit our favor with God, they're worthless. God had another plan for us through Jesus Christ. And that's what makes this Good Friday so remarkable. God has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. In Jesus and through his finished work on the cross. Our relationship with God has been restored, not because of the good things we've done, because God is good and because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. Jesus took on himself the nature of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient even to death on a cross, a death in my place, a death that has paid the penalty for my sin. So when Jesus shouted, it is finished, the wrath of God had been satisfied. The penalty of my sin and yours was settled. The curtain in the temple was torn in two, symbolizing the fact that we have now full and free access to come into the presence of God. What a fantastic day! Jesus died in my place. The scriptures say that he bore in his own body our sin on the tree. Another passage of scripture says, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What does that mean? Well, the bottom line is that when Jesus was hanging on that cross, God took your sin and my sin, and indeed the sin of each person that had ever lived before Calvary, that was living at the time of Calvary, and that would live in the years later. And God laid that sin on Jesus Christ so that when god looked at his son jesus he poured out all the wrath all his punishment on his son jesus paid the price for your sin and for mine on calvary and then the other side of that is that because jesus has taken our sin and paid the price of our sin when god looks at you and me if we have by faith taken hold of jesus sacrifice he sees us as righteous, as holy, not because of anything we've done, but because of who Jesus is and because of what he has done. There's no better news anywhere. Friends, you might have just tuned in to this video stream. This might be something that's completely foreign to you. You might be someone that has gone to church on a Good Friday uh, or on Easter Sunday or on Christmas Day in the past. You might not be aware of what the good news of Jesus Christ is all about. Well, the good news is that there's no need for you to strive anymore. There's no need for you to try and merit some kind of favour with God. It is finished. Jesus has done it. And his invitation is to stop striving and to simply trust. And we've got people in our church who would love to pray for you. Um, Down on the bottom of the screen there is an opportunity for you to ask for prayer or to speak to anyone about that. Take hold of that opportunity. For those of us that are Christians, let's again rejoice in what Jesus has done for us. Let's take hold of that life and walk in the newness of life because of the forgiveness that Jesus offers. We're now going to come to a time of communion and I'd invite you um, to take hold of the, uh, the bread and the juice that you might have had as we uh, just get ourselves set up for communion here. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, after he had given thanks, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take this and eat this in remembrance of me. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, this is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. What an amazing thing, friends, the gospel of Jesus Christ brings forgiveness, brings a removal of guilt, and brings a new beginning. Let's give thanks to the Lord. I'll pray, and then we will eat and drink together. Let's pray. Now, Heavenly Father, it is the most amazing of stories to know that your love for us had no bounds that you would send your only son to suffer, to be humiliated, to have his body broken for us, that his blood was shed. Your word tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And we want to thank you that Jesus paid the price for our salvation. And even now, as we take this bread and we drink this wine together, we again simply want to say thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Well, Friends, let's eat and drink together, giving thanks to God for his goodness. there is uh, nothing else we uh, can do except to say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. In his name we pray.